Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. got good at that because I was in a situation like you. I was like, I don't know what it is, but it just doesn't feel right. And that's all the proof I need, you know, and now I can start pursuing what does feel right. So I think you're off to a great start, actually. Well, let me draw a line there and let's okay. just springboard straight off that into like the recorded chat because yeah you know, you know that's all you know, amazing advice from from the personal point of view but there's a mm -hmm. lot of value and i think um interesting talking points in there that mm -hmm. we could share with other people and apply to to a yeah. lot of the things going on um in our lives currently and also in our future plans creatively professionally um i want to start dude like everything you've just told me there sounds and i know that from you know previous experience with you whether that's having interviews or just spending time with you that mm. wisdom's always been there in you um but have you found that and are you still not drinking is that still, still where you're drink. at yeah still not drinking at this, at this point i'm on a, a path where to drink would um knowingly stop my progress that i'm making and the healing that I'm going through and separating from that old way of life, you know, the pre-pandemic way of life, um, I don't see any benefit whatsoever to drinking alcohol. 
it's I know fully that it will not do for me what I now know how to do without it. Do you remember? I think I said to you before, I was like, I was learning how to be the person that I was when I was drunk because I liked that person. I'm just trying to figure out how to access him without drinking. And I've done that. So I'm in a great spot where I'm not even like a white knuckled sobriety, you know, but it's also not a, not a uh, sanctimonious sobriety where it's like, let me tell you why you shouldn't drink. Um, I know drinking works in different ways for people. Everything does. I don't know anyone else's brain chemistry or their experiences or their conclusions that they've come to on their own in their darkest hours. But I know that drinking does not work for me anymore. So, um, you know, I'm not saying I'm straight edge, obviously, but I, and I, and I'll say, you know, at special occasions, like, you know, my daughter's wedding, maybe I'll have a glass of champagne or something like that. But I, if That's I were to be a few years away yet though, right? Yeah. 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 But yes, hopefully a few years away. She's only five, by the way. Um, <laughs> so hopefully that's not coming up anytime soon. But I do know that if I, I know that what alcohol would do to me, and I know that I would have to come back from that. So it's an issue of, do I want to come back from that again? You know, yeah. I know I can, I know how to, but that doesn't mean it's a fun experience, you know? Yeah, well, this year I got into a really good place with my relationship with alcohol and I'd finally felt like I'd beaten certain demons and, and I could right. use it in a very sporadic and positive way. But in the last month, after the things that I've just told you have transpired in my personal life, mm. I've just fallen into a really bad habit of, of drinking way too much, way too often. And I found mm. in the last few weeks with where my, particularly on these kind of moments, like I'm talking to you now on a Monday night, like after mm. a busy, hectic weekend of doing that, uh, you have those conversations with yourself, which I'm sure you know, where you're just like, man, I'm a piece of shit. I hate myself. Oh, yeah. Life. Oh, my God. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but that'll change. That will change if you start putting a positive spin on your, you know, your struggles and your uh, your traumas, we'll say. And I'm not saying a, a positive spin as in you are lying to yourself in order to interpret them in a way that makes sense to you internally. I'm saying there is also a positive way to look at everything negative and you can apply any one of those positive ways um, to your own life. Because like I said, I don't know the conclusions you've made. I don't know what you are capable of having when you interact with alcohol, you know, so that is totally up to you. There is no wrong or right. But I will say this, that uh, as someone who has struggled with alcoholism and now as someone who sees, you know, understanding that you and I have, a, am just going to say, because there's distance between us, we have a psychic connection as friends. I will say that I believe that if you were to stop drinking and get when whatever that looks like, meetings, cold turkey, whatever that looks like, you will learn that that thing that told you something doesn't gel with you, something doesn't feel right with you will get clearer and louder. And it will not just tell you when people are bad. It will tell you when decisions are bad. It will tell you when outcomes are bad. It will help you walk through life in a way that you may have never done before, because as someone who drank a lot, I was just going where the next party was, you know, I was following the, the, the taste of alcohol essentially, or the, the fumes of alcohol. It was like this, 
you know, pie smell that comes out of an old cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like hovering and just smelling it while I'm just floating towards it. So I'm not paying attention to all this shit that's going on around me that needs my energy and my attention. Um, so when I did stop drinking uh, and I put that kind of into a different place mentally and I was able to kind of check in with myself, I learned things about my own body. <laughs> I mean, about my own life that I just didn't ever know. I mean, you want me to get specific, I, I you know, things from, there's something called stimming that I've always done and I never knew what it was. And because I'm not drinking so much, I'm looking into problems that I've always had instead of drinking them away. Now I'm maybe Googling them, you know? So I, I found out that the stimming is indicative of either autism or Asperger's syndrome. And it's a, it's a repetitive pattern that people with autism do to make themselves feel safe. So I don't think I don't, I've never been diagnosed with anything like that. No doctor has ever told me that stimming. However, I did ask my mom and say, Hey mom, this is something I do as an adult. Were there patterns of it when I was a child? And now she tells me, Oh yeah, there were all these things you did. And so she and I discovered that they were, it was me stimming and that there is now a certain doctor that I have to see, you know, that is all shit that just came from me not having uh, you know, seven vodka sodas before 7 p.m. It's just that easy. I mean, I had the mental space to look into myself. Um, and it's very cool, you know, and, and here's the thing. I, I do understand that you can still do that and drink. However, I couldn't. So I had to take one out of the way and it was drink. So, yeah, that's what I'm learning, mate. <laughs> I think is I know when I have periods off, I reach my full potential creatively yeah. as a friend, as a son, as a brother, um, as a potential prospective partner and i do realize when these kind of big nights become more regular and they creep back my functionality and kind of performance levels dip um and i'm not quite you know and obviously it's, it's your kind of highest version of yourself is the sort yeah. of term that is used yes. most often and- okay that's a really important thing man like i know you kind of glazed over that but your version of your highest self is still there you know it's your idea of yourself at peak performance, whatever that means. Maybe you're the funniest, maybe you're the smartest, maybe you're the wittiest, maybe you're the strongest, whatever that means to you. You need to let that idea of yourself help you. Like stay true to that self, that higher self, because that is your instinct. That is what will guide you. So the two are related, you know, and there's so much more to the equation. You have to have an insane amount of courage, which people who drink think that they get from alcohol, but it's when you, when you actually finally experience real bravery and real courage in leaps of faith that you have taken in your life, then you understand that those things are related. And also there's a billion other things at play. You have to have a really solid partner that you can talk to. You know, you have to have a great support system. You need to be medicated. You need to have a therapist, like, but it's possible. You know, it is really possible. Unfortunately, it's hard to do in America because of our health system, our healthcare system. So then here's a here's a radical idea that needs to fucking go. The American healthcare system needs to go. I'm not saying anything that is crazy, like it's preventing us from being who we are, you know, and that's why there's so much negativity, because we're a country of people 
who a majority of us are just completely out of touch with our own truths and what we believe in. Um, and so now we're lost in this, we're doubling down on these insanely illogical um, beliefs, ideologies that we don't even actually hold. They're not actually anchored in us. They're just there and we're just putting it out all the time. It's you like know, stu- it's just stuff. stubborn rebellion, isn't it? Is that what it's like? A stubborn, uninformed it, rebellion. It is. And it's fucking so frustrating because I see that there is an anger and there's a fire in people. It's just they're, they're misdirecting it. You know what I mean? It's like one party in, in this country is directing it at our neighbors and those that have less than we have. And that needs to be directed at those who have more than we have because they're keeping us from reaching our full potential as human beings, not just as producers of some commodity under capitalism. We're actually, you know, we're, we're missing the connection with our artistic spirit that informs everything else. You know, the child that is loves to laugh. I mean, now it's like, I just, I don't know. I feel like, I don't, I don't feel like people are laughing in, in the way that they used to laugh. I feel like now laughing, if people talk about comedy, it's mean or it's confusing or it's a, a satire or it's a commentary or it's irony or it's sarcasm. And it's like, what if it was just true? Like, hold on. What if you just said something that was true? Is that funny? Because we're living in the most absurd fucking times ever. You know, there's no metaphor for these absurdities that are going on. They're just literally absurd. Um, And I I feel like maybe now amidst all this darkness, okay, well, how do you find your tribe in the darkness? How do you find your tribe, you know, across the world? If you don't see each other, well, you, you call out to each other, you know, you signal to each other somehow. There's some way to find like-minded people, you know, and I, I just personally believe it's either through laughter or song. There is literally no other way that has led to a stronger connection between me and another person than a joke or a song. I mean, if you connect with somebody over a joke, you see that person, you know why that's funny to them. You know what I mean? And that sense of humor says a lot about someone, if it's mean or if it's not, if it's well-timed or if it's not, if it's a pun or if it's not. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that humor, but um, alongside of it and equally as important, I think is music. You know, I just feel like maybe if we can get some of these people that are so lost back to the source of why they loved music in the first place, then maybe we can figure out where things went wrong, you know, like, Donald Trump, I'm just going to say Donald Trump because you ubiquitously, he just represents a piece of shit, you know, the dude doesn't listen to music and I've never seen him actually smile in a way that wasn't forced or scary. You know, it's just like, he is citizen Kane, you know, where, what is his rosebud? Everyone's got that. You know, and I don't give a fuck about what Donald Trump says because he can run hell for all I care. It's, uh, you know, everyone pretty much up there can in those power positions because they only got there by not being good people. Um, so they're irrelevant to me, but I will use them as an example of how you can identify 
not good people. <laughs> I mean, really, it doesn't matter what tastes they have, what background they have, what creed or religion or anything. Is there a sense of goodness even in them anymore? You know, and you look at Donald Trump and you go, no. Okay, so Donald Trump's a lost cause. Stop trying to change Donald Trump. And now, you know, if I can accept that about Donald Trump himself, then the same can be said for people who model their lives after him. It's, I hate to say it, but it's efficient. Like, I know that if you like Donald Trump, you're a bad person because you don't love everyone. You don't see the connectedness of everyone. You don't understand how our policies affect other countries. You know, you don't see a connection. And I can't make you see a connection. You have to experience a connection. Um, and I've luckily experienced some being on tour for 20 years. But these people that are so full of hate and negativity, they don't have experiences that teach them not to be hateful. Yeah. And there's a part of, of me or there's a part of society that will feel bad for them, that will kind of take the role of like the sanctimonious uh, guru uh, and just say, like, we just have to love our brothers and sisters. And But then there's the other side that has a righteous anger and says, no, these people are actively harming the good ones. You know, if you're a religious person, then there are the people that are harming the people that Jesus loved. And I'm, I'm not saying I believe that necessarily. I'm just saying if you are, then here's here's a version for you um, that you can use. Jesus, you know, these were his people, not that they weren't defending jesus was not defending a politician you know no one has ever no heroic character throughout history has ever defended a politician because politics aren't where virtue is you know um so just stop looking there at all like now let's folk let's let those motherfuckers eat themselves alive and let's look to each other in a community you know and i think it's great that the the scene is a community already. So, okay, let's start there. Let's build this scene up. And then maybe this scene can build another scene up. And then it's helpful and it's good. And it's fueled by, you know, love, not fear. Because everyone in politics operates out of fear. So as much as this record might be political, it's also just humanistic, you know? It's also spiritual. And I think that there are people out there in pop culture that agree with me, not they don't know me, but we share the same thought. I could I could say that, like, I know that Killer Mike thinks that way because I listen to Run the Jewels. I know that Nas thinks that way because I listen to Nas. I know that there are people that don't think that way because I listen to Kanye West also. You know what I mean? I know that there's good people and then there's not good people. Knowing that isn't enough. It's, first of all, acknowledging who is true to themselves and who is not, and then filtering them out and just putting your positive energy into the good people. And I, I don't want to say this because it will sound ableist or elitist to people listening to this podcast in bad faith, but for the good ones out there that are listening in good faith, it is not a, a elitist to believe in yourself. It is not elitist to think that you have the power to change something. It is elitist to use that power to put a barricade up where other people might not. You know, other people who are welcoming other people 
tend to have their personal boundaries. But as long as you don't overstep those, it's okay. You know, you just follow your own bliss. Don't hurt anybody. Um, but there's this sense when you're, when you're not connected and you don't have a feeling of like a spiritual or a psychic connection, you forget that there is no scarcity. You tend to believe that if I have something, other people don't. And if other people have something, I don't. And that is true when you are isolated. That's not true when you're connected. So maybe, maybe it's important to remind people that we are connected. So then they'll look differently at it. But, you know, in the case of, like I said, Donald Trump's are just too far gone and I'm not wasting my time on that shit anymore. Well, so. let, let me at this juncture just say, like, <laughs> this is the kind of insight into what we'll be getting into on our live Q&A tour. But, you know, times, good, good. times a thousand. But, you I know, figured I, as much. I wanted to jump on the mic with you tonight and just kind of get into a flow like this. So people, if they didn't catch the last podcast, which was the audio from the one that we mm -hmm. did, um, or quite understand what an evening with Keith Buckley kind of would entail, it mm -hmm. you know, it's exactly this, just kind of free-form, free-flowing conversation that has mm -hmm. substance and depth that the audience can join in with. One thing I wanted to point out, well, not point out, but maybe observe, is something that we connect over, I think, and I don't know whether it's something we've spoken about, but... You, what you were touching on there kind of made the light bulb go off for me but i don't know why so many people in today's world waste time trying to argue or change people that are different to them like you mentioned you can recognize in somebody a character that might not marry up well with yeah. you and that's not you putting up a boundary that's you just deciding well i'm going to go over here and stoke this relationship instead mm -hmm. and i really wish people would kind of just maybe do a lot more of that than than bicker and squabble and and try because some people are just beyond change right and redemption oh, and, absolutely and that's they are. okay yep. so like don't try and change yeah. them just yes. go over here instead and find as you say find your people and and, yes. and stoke that yeah. community and here's the thing they might not even be beyond change if they are to be changed they're going to be changed by something that happens to them that fucking shatters what they thought of reality. Like you can't convince someone of anything. You don't know their conclusions. You don't know their life experiences. You don't know their dreams. You don't know their thoughts. I mean, think of everything that influences who you are, everything that informs who you are. It's the movies you watch, it's the music you listen to, it's the walks you take, it's the people you love. No one has ever done it your way before. You know, there is literally never in the history of the universe been anyone born with your specifics. Like, and I'm talking about from your parents to the time in history to the astrological sign. Everything's changing. You're the first one ever. So, okay, if that's true and this has never been done before, then who can tell me that I can't do it? Nobody, nobody can tell me I can't do it. If I was afraid of, you know, leaving a marriage because I had a child and I didn't know what I was going to do. But one thing I knew for certain was that it didn't feel right anymore. I left. And since then, everything has been lining up for me in ways that I couldn't have imagined because I didn't know how to look beyond the darkness of a leap of faith, you know? I don't know what comes after a leap of faith, but I am telling you, as I've taken more, I've gotten more confident in taking them and I will continue to take them. And not only that, but I have an incredible partner who helps me to double check and be like, is this really, 
is this a good read on your instinct or is this a bad read on your instinct, you know? Um, so I have all these factors in my life where it's like, I have kind of like a feed, a karmic feedback, feedback loop where if I do something wrong that I know is, a, is not aligned with what I actually believe or, or who I am, I see that instantly in the way my daughter responds to it. You know, she knows that I'm bullshitting and my daughter doesn't deal with bullshit because she's five years old. So now there's a struggle. Now she doesn't believe me or trust me. And I have to earn that back. And I could have just saved all this by just saying what was true in the first place, you know? So I've, I'm in the same way that I'm not going to allow myself to drink alcohol because it's holding me back. I'm not going to allow myself to be dishonest because I know that that only holds me back too. Um, in the same way that alcohol did. Um, and I have to be honest about who people are. And that's a huge thing because there are people that I think I'm like, oh, I fucking love that person, but man, they're just fucked up. And all they need is like someone to tell them something that no, someone didn't, did not tell me, you know, but that's a lot not, of people my don't appreciate hearing honestly though, do they? That's the other difficult no, thing. No, <laughs> they don't. No, it doesn't and, go well a lot of the time. If you are honest with someone you care about. Okay. But here's the, here's the problem. That might not be that they're not willing to hear honesty. It's that you might not actually be saying what you believe to be true. You know, when you present something to someone and you're like, Hey man, I'm just being honest. And they re respond negatively. Maybe check if you are actually being honest or if you were saying what you think they needed to hear. You know, because now all of a sudden we're in the weeds. We're one exchange in a conversation in. I have said, some, or he has, this person has said something. I've responded. And now we're already in the fucking weeds because who knows what I meant? I have to double down on that now. Maybe is he believing me? All this shit's getting played out. And as it's playing in your mind, your gut is like, hey, I'm down here and I know where the real truth is if you want to ask. But nobody asks because nobody knows it's there. Um, so for people that think they're telling the truth, make sure you are, that's all there is to it. Make sure you are, make sure that when you sit and think about it and I'll say meditate because it is the only real way to like separate your gut from your brain and learn which is which, you know, learn the signs that your gut is giving you, learn the signs that your mind is giving you and what kind of situations activate it you know are they stressful situations uh are they amazing situations how do those two things feel different to you you know before you go into them and then come out of them and then see if you were right you know experiment with your life it's amazing when you have stripped away so much uh you know of, of like what people think of you and i think that's a great gift that the pandemic has given was it allowed us to really strip back to our essences and sit with ourselves in our houses or whatever, just make sure you're being honest because like when you are, it'll feel so much different and better. And then you say your truth to your partner. How do they respond? Do they laugh at you? Then they're not your partner. Like, do they um, say that you're stupid or say, no, that's not it. They're not your partner. You're already off on the wrong foot already. So now, Okay, well, what if your partner is, uh, you know, in my case, someone who you've been married to for a very long time, and you're just now realizing that someone 
who saw you wouldn't respond to those things that way. Okay, so that person doesn't see me. What do we do now? Let's talk about it. And that's where marriages and relationships really start to unfold. It's if you know that that upsets you when you say to your partner your deepest dream and they laugh at you, say, hey, that upsets me. Why does that, why is that funny to you? And then let's really start stripping things back and find out if we're meant for each other. Because it might be the case, especially if you're a touring musician, where you have built a marriage or relationship around the one in your head that you remember at its perfect form. You're picturing your highest self in a perfect relationship. And you're checking back and forth and you're trying to make it look like they're the same, but they're, if they're not, then be honest with the fact that they're not, you know? So it's the, and then a really scary thing happens. You become what you always were and it's fucking terrifying. And I understand why people don't do it. I understand why people who are 10 years into a marriage with a family go, yeah, that's not, I'm not supposed to be with this person. And also I'm choosing to be with them anyways. That's your shit. That's fine. Totally fine. That's your prerogative. Uh, all I'm saying is I, my life went so unchecked for so long that the, if there was any advice I'd give anybody, it's just start there. Look at your closest relationship. Don't just assume that you know how they're going to respond because you might secretly resent that person and you think they're going to, they're going to laugh at you even before they do. But when you tell them, it turns out they actually want the same thing. Now your relationship's on a great start. You know, it's off to a, a great second life. Um, so yeah, I just think that drawing it back and finding what your truth is and then saying it to someone actually literally saying it, like, I'm not saying just think it, I'm saying, tell it to someone tell. And if you need someone to tell it to, Tell it to the person you consider closest because their reaction is going to help you decide a lot about who you are and who you need to associate. <clears throat> and I think everything's in the connections. You know, that's the, that's the thing. Like I was just talking to Angie about this this morning, like of all the things that I want Zuzana, my, uh, my daughter to get out of school, it's, I just wanted to know how to make the connections because the lessons are going to come through those lines, those psychic lines of that we're connected to all these people. That's where the lessons are going to come through. So all I'm, my biggest priority is making sure that Zuzana has set up those lines of clear communication with the people around her. Then as far as a curriculum goes, you know, not to try to sound like the cool dad or any kind of dad at all. If she tells me she doesn't want to go to school anymore, I'll be like, great. I don't want you to either. If you feel like you've connected with people, good people, and I've seen you interact with your friends, and I think that you have a healthy relationship with people, with adults, with children, with animals, um, okay, now then you tell me what you love now, and I'll help you get that. And if you don't love school, then we'll go find something else you love. Do you love dancing? Do you love music? I'll, we'll get you into classes, you know? But that's just because I'm... I've decided to prioritize the human experience over any sort of like disgust, I guess. I have such disgust for America right now um, <laughs> that I really need to just focus on the most beautiful things I know of. And they're the things that are most immediate to me. Well, without making too much of a crass segue and circling it back to shameless self-promotion, like two of the I also want to say something about that too. So please continue. 
two of the best things in my life have come directly from the the live q and a's that i've hosted the first one i did was with jesse and mm-hmm. off the back of that this beautiful podcast that we now yep. host together like stoke the fire is solely from that evening that event that shared experience that connection that we made that night and then you and i sat down and unbeknownst to me i didn't know this was going to come around but the book deal from out of nowhere like came from that and then now we're going to go out and do an entire run of shows all over the country in england ireland scotland and it's going to be i can only imagine so special and so important not just not just for our relationship with each other but for your relationship to your audience and even dare i say it with people who listen to this show and and my relationship with my audience like for you personally what was the um what's your memories of the one that we did and how does it differ from a band show from music and and what did you get out of the the one-off one that we did all those years ago Um, okay this is gonna sound like it's a bad thing but i promise this is an (laughs) indicator of the highest order i don't remember about it i don't remember specifics from it it's just in my head just a beautiful experience like just there and i'm like all i need to know is how that made me feel like if i go near this thing mentally it makes me feel amazing and it makes me feel vulnerable and safe and comfortable and like so just knowing that is enough to want to pursue more of it you know just the way that it made me feel but it's always because of these kind of exchanges it's because i recognize you as someone who has a you and i have a strong psychic connection that is open very open it's not a dirty psychic channel we don't you know tell each other bullshit stories we don't lie to each other i tell you my truth very unfortunately because i know that it does interrupt your schedule but i'm i'm just being honest with you you know this is my life and unfortunately these are the circumstances that i sometimes have to endure and that leads me to something that i want to talk about about the live thing and especially you um, cause this will be like a secret revealed. Uh, I don't know if people listening to this know that you've asked me to write the foreword to your next, to your book. Okay. So you've asked me to do that. What I was intending to do, and this is all very methodical, meticulous. Uh, it is not a second thought. This is the very f- number one primary thought that I've been working on since you asked me. Um, I, I, the, the beauty in our exchanges is the spontaneity of it. You know, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't know what you're going to ask. Maybe you think you're going to ask things. They go a different way. Things evolve and grow. And I thought that the longer I worked on a forward for you, the less truthful it was going to be because the writer instinct would kick in and cover the truth of metaphors and stuff and do what writers do. Writers just look at the truth and then go, oh, I'm going to put all these metaphors on top of it. Um, and I was edit, like, edit, 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 yes, edit, yeah. yes, yes. So I didn't want that. So when I texted you the other night, I was like, I, I, I give myself until Monday and I very much told you that for a reason. Um, and then I texted you and I was like, what, t- like, when does it actually have to be due? I, I was hoping you would give me a time. Like I'm going to go, you're saying like, Hey, I'm going to go to bed at 10 30. I need to send it first thing in the morning. I'd be like, okay, that's the information I need to know. Um, however, I unfortunately, gave you too long. <laughs> it, yeah. And so then I was like, Matt, I don't know if Matt really knows. So I was talking to Tyson as well. And I asked Tyson and Tyson gave me a very businessman deadline. So I want you to know, don't 
don't worry about anything and I'll get to it now. I was setting that up because what I wanted to do for your forward was to allow myself one hour with no interruptions and no edits and to write the forward and send it to you as is. And I wanted you to be stressed out about it because I wanted you to feel the urgency of a spontaneous exchange. I wanted you to read the forward when you were so super nervous about it. You know, I didn't want you to look forward to it. I wanted you to be relieved by it because I feel like in our conversations, what we offer each other is more, it's, it's a relief. It's like, Oh, great. Someone thinks the way I do. You know what I mean? Like, okay, that's a relief for me to talk to you. It's a relief for you to talk to me. So I wanted that forward to feel like a relief. However, I was unaware of your current life situations. I think it would be unfair to keep you in an urgent state of mind because you do have other shit to be thinking of. Um, I will tell you that Tyson gave me a specific date in October that if I gave it to him by, it's no problem. I, he will have it well before then. But if you're okay with it, I would like you not to see it before it goes to publication. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you on okay. that. And that's and that, going to take trust. That for, um, for everybody <laughs> listening to this is going to be March 8th, which is my birthday week next year. So. No coincidence. That's no coincidence. My book came out on my birthday too. No, those things happen to you when you are doing it because it's truthful. Um, and I think that goes back to why these have been so great and why they've led to so many great things because you've, you know, that it's from something you love, you know, you know, that your intentions in doing it while yes, there's money to be made and there's drinks to be sold and good times to be had. Ultimately, you know that people are going to leave from that venue better than they were when they came in in one way or another, or, or that's the hope, you know? So when you have that hope, it's a very pure, you know, virtuous, I guess you could say, dream to have. So it's going to get help. You're going to get help from circumstances and you know, things you maybe can't explain, maybe chance meetings, you know, like yours with Tyson. When you're following something you love, that's how life interacts with you. It's great. But if you're off of it and you're not getting any signs, you know, you're not actively partaking in your own life because you feel like you're just a victim of circumstance. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it feels very overwhelming, but you will... I, I, I feel like if people were to take this seriously and I'm saying this cause I did, I took it seriously and now I feel very confident in it. But if you get to a kind of like an understanding of who you are, then the universe does become very interactive and it is a very fun place to live. And you do become thankful for the little things that you get, you know, like walking outside and just even seeing leaves fall off the tree, you know, I'm on tour so much. I don't get to ever experience sitting in my front yard and seeing leaves fall off the tree. Like that's a fucking amazing thing, you know, and those things strike me more. And the more they strike me, the better energy my thoughts are, you know, like they're just not negative thoughts anymore so much because I'm appreciating these little beautiful things. Um, And again, that sounds maybe classist or ableist there's a lot of people suffering that don't get to that do not get to enjoy beautiful things and i understand that that's what breaks my fucking heart 
You know, that's why I want to do good because I want people to have so little to worry about in way of their career that they have time to sit in their yard and fucking watch a leaf fall. You know what I mean? That's what I'm after. I want everyone to have those experiences. Um, but they might not be the kind of people that could ever appreciate them. And that's not for me to decide. If you want to use religious terms, that's God shit. That's between their soul and their God, you know? That has nothing to do with me and their personality, you know? So to think that I need to correct it or even get involved is silly. It's silly. How can I take my truths and give and make someone accept them? No one grew up like I did. No one has the friends I do. No one has seen the things I've seen. No one has come to the conclusions I've come to. So I think that you and I are very similar in the sense that we're just going to say, hey, this is where we're going to be having a conversation. If you want, join us, you know? And I think that is the best way if you have a quote unquote message or if you have a quote unquote perspective or idea or anything that you want other people to know about, then you just invite them to where they can hear it told. You don't go out and force it on anyone, you know? So this feels very true to us, you know? Um, even down to like, you know, you said, oh, shameless self-promotion. I feel like maybe you are embarrassed by self-promotion. I'm embarrassed by self-promotion. You know, it doesn't jive well with who I am. However, I do understand the need for it. Um, and I understand that the people hearing it also understand the need for it. So I'm just going to pretend that we have a social contract unwritten where if I self-promote, the people I'm talking to know I fucking hate doing it. You know, that, let's just set that as true. And I'm just going to do it anyways. You know, I'm still going to do it even if I don't want to do it. Um, so, yeah, it helps me get over the feeling of embarrassment, you know. And if you wanted to get over that feeling of embarrassment, maybe that approach will help for you, too. That's all I'm saying. You know, it, it like it, I know it works for me. And because I know who I bond with, yeah. I believe it will work for them, too. Yeah, it just feels like it's such a constant narrative in my life and like as you say it's more about the meaningful truthful exchanges yeah. um, and the responses that those get from people who just connect with the not even just the message but maybe just the moment um yeah, the moment and... that is so imperative it's the moment and that's why live shows are so important because you can't do this shit on a record you can't do it listening quietly like you can study the music sure but the purpose of the music to affect change or to signal to other people who, are, you know, share a common goodness, um, it's in the song. It has to be out loud. I mean, it's, look at, you, you, like I said, between bad faith and good faith, bad faith is going to look at this and think I'm talking about a religion or a cult. I'm, I'm not at all. What I'm talking about is the way that, having an experience in the moment is the only way to fully understand the experience. Like Kanye West started his new record with that, that Donda, someone's just saying her name over and over. And everyone's like, Oh, this song, you skip this up. Yes, you do. And also it's, he needed you to, that song has, those words have to be chanted. They have to come out of the speakers. If he expects you to empathize with him as an artist, you know, 
that the name, that enunciation of her name, he's trying to get that to do to you what it does to him. That's so important. Kanye West is a, is a bad person, but he's a great artist, you know, and he understands the power of that enunciation. He doesn't understand. Here's what I want to say is crazy about Kanye West. He doesn't understand how much more he actually is. I think he's undervaluing himself. You know, people like that who get engrossed in this pettiness and this negativity and this war with the media or with somebody else, like, dude, you are so far above that. Like, dog, just, you got that. Like, don't ignore it, but don't feel like it has to affect you. You're an artist now. You're bigger than that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I appreciate musicians who kind of don't look to the media, who just do what they do. You know, Tom Waits, perfect example. Fucking Trent Reznor. Perfect example. Um, I respect anybody that makes any kind of art and isn't on social media. That, that's oh my, my, favorite, God, that's dude. my favorite kind of person right there. It is. And you know what else is crazy? As a fan of music, when that person's record comes out, I want it so much more because I know they haven't been on social media. You know, I'm like, oh, fuck. They've been in the lab just creating. So like Kendrick Lamar might have a new record out. You know, as far as I'm concerned, he's the best living lyricist of, of all. I think he's the best living lyricist. Um, so, you know, he hasn't been on social media. He's got a new album coming out. I am, you know, it feels like as someone who is such a fan of his artistry and who, even though we have such different life experiences, I connect with him because I interpret suffering the same way he does. I interpret pain the same way he does. I interpret it everything the same way i just have my own words to describe it um but now that i know that this is someone i connect with and look up to and he's going to come out with a record i'm excited because i know that it will speak to me you know not just me i'm not like a crazy person who thinks that the uh, radio's talking to them alone but, but I know that what you point out that's interesting i think is there's a reason why you must have had this in your life and i've certainly had it in mine when you meet an artist that you respect and admire, there's a reason very often that you get on with that person and it's because you share a lot of the same values and ideals and beliefs and you know mm-hmm. that about them through their art. So when you do eventually meet, as long as you're not freaking out and fanning out, there's a high likelihood that you will bond because you share these very similar beliefs and ideologies. Yeah. So I've been very lucky in that because that is true. And what I've done my approach to it has always been you know when i think back to when i was a kid and if i met a a musician that i loved i would have geeked out on that you know i would have been like you don't understand your words and and my soul and then that person would probably just been like ew like get, get away um you know so what i've now been able to do luckily is if i do connect with a musician like that on that psychic spiritual level then i'm just gonna see if that person crosses my path in life again, you know, like I live in that world. So maybe they will, because if there is some sort of magnetism, if there's a pull between us where people go to who they're connected to subconsciously, then maybe our paths will cross more and then we can develop an actual friendship. But I've had to learn how to pump my own brakes because I used to be very aggressive and oversharing and be like, I know you're a musician and you hear this a lot. And I think people, do this in general too. 
I have a feeling when people meet musicians they like, they're, they're, they try to articulate how much it means to them in their soul. But the problem with that is that that feeling doesn't have words, you know? So every, there's a lot of people that will stand there and try to find them. Um, and then it just leads to a bad situation where it's like all this weird, confused, confusing energy. And you're like, I don't even know if I like this person anymore. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, so I've just let it kind of play out and seen like, okay, this person, their lyrics mean a lot to me. I wonder now if they're going to be in my life more. So then I just kind of look out for it. Um, and it has, it's been, and it's fun to do shit like that. You know what I mean? It's fun to be like, well, what reminds me of that? Okay. If I heard a new song, and it really resonates with me. Okay, well, what is it about it? Like, what really speaks to me and what doesn't? And if I know that this speaks to me, then what else can I listen to that has this in common? And, you know, you end up finding a lot of music, which is why I say that people who seem to be the most hateful and negative and inexperienced and, and untrue to themselves are ones that have not traveled a lot um, because they don't have those connections. But there are also people that don't seem to like music, which, you know, music is a way that you can make those connections across distances. It's a very cool way to psychically connect with someone who's not there, you know? Um, and so you look at these people and you're like, do they even like mute? Like, does Donald, can you imagine Donald Trump listening to music? Like he listens like that. I, I, I'm not kidding. I think he listens to like the YMCA song and like the happy birthday song or something like that's the, just the, the most sinister weird. novelty one hit wonder type. Oh my God. Yeah. It's the most sinister, but like dog brained thing. You know what I mean? It's like, those are the two songs. Like, so you know that a man like that has never made a connection with any musician. What does that say about them? You know, well, they're not exposed to much, literature because if you you you're listening to words you're reading words you're comprehending words you're envisioning words so you must have missed a lot of that you know okay so then if that's out then there's a, probably other things that i know about you that are not going to vibe to well, i obviously you know i can't talk to music about you so already there i just won't talk to, like i have friends that do like music that i could talk to why would i why do I need to stand here and tell you that you should be listening to music because it will help you be a better person? Like it's not my fucking job, you know? And I think that some people who maybe get to the place where I'm at think it is their job. Uh, but I don't, I just want to, I honestly want to just do what I I've been doing and be as bothered about it as little as possible. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to start having to defend myself online. You know, I don't want to, people to hear this interview or read other interviews I've done and try to challenge me. It's not about a challenge. You don't have to believe me. I don't care if you do or don't. It doesn't make what I know to be real any less real, whether you fucking believe in it or not, you know, what's real to me is real to me. And all I need, all I need to do is make sure that I'm the kind of person you can trust, you know, that I need to be, as honest with everyone as possible so that if I am saying things that might sound a little new or anti what you're used to, I'm not doing it because I fucking hate you or anybody. I'm doing it just because I've just been kind of, you know, I'm, I'm look at, I'm in an RV, you know, I, it's, it's on, it's mobile. Here, I'll show you my fucking front yard here. 
Like I, it's not, I'm not like, I'm not an elitist. who's like up, you know, in, in a, in the ivory tower. Yeah. I'm just saying You're like, in the I'm, ivory van. I'm in the ivory van and I'm being like, yeah, this is who I am. Um, if you think I'm lying, then that's on you. Like, well, I think a key is consistency, right, Keith? If you're saying uh, like opposing views all the time, that's when eyebrows start getting raised. And um, I consider myself very lucky in that because my profile is so low in the grand scheme of things, the only people who follow what I do kind of just know what I'm about. You know, they yeah. know the topics yeah. that I care about, the people that I care about. Uh, I'm so fortunate, and I never have, this will probably change the second I say this, but I never have anybody on my social media disagree with me like the other day i put up a picture of carlito's way and i was like this for me is my favorite gangster movie ever doesn't yeah. matter like what else you like this is mine here's why and nobody was like you're wrong and i count myself so lucky in that regard because something happens when you achieve a certain level of notoriety and success where the casuals come in don't they if mm -hmm. you use that word and then they're the sort of people who are more inclined to pick apart your every thought because they uh -huh. haven't been on that journey with you and, you know, have that same, as you say, a psychic connection. Mm -hmm. Okay. That is amazing. And it's true. And I'm so glad that you have that kind of community around your, you know, your social media. That's fucking hugely important. What I would like to say is look back at everything you just told me and look at how you started that sentence. You started that entire beautiful thing with, and this will probably change the second I say it, but you already fucking psyched yourself out. It was your <laughs> default to psych yourself out. Don't do that anymore. Like for real, I guarantee shit will change for you if you don't set that safety net up. Because what you're doing is saying that because you feel like the world is against you and another shoe is going to drop. So you're protecting yourself and then you're saying your truth. Um, but this, do you really like the shoe isn't going to drop? There is no other shoe. That's the beauty of life is that oh, if you start being truthful and you're a good person, the shoe doesn't drop anymore. You're just experiencing good things. But when you're literally saying this will probably change after I say it, it's almost like you want it to. And then so your mind's going to start making it happen. And it, that's that's the that's where the, the psychic connections get lost. It's not only how you talk to other people, but it's how you talk to yourself. You know, you have to, you have to realize that this person, whoever is down here in the gut, your higher self, your perfect version of yourself knows that the other shoe is going to drop. And they know that it's not going to change. Even if you say it actually, if you say it, uh, and this is going back to what we were talking about before with articulating, actually, if you say it, it chances are, why not just believe that it's going to help happen? You know, if it's a coin flip anyway, just do the good one then. Like it doesn't matter. Just do the good one. Why? Why are, why are so many people so people want to be able to say I was right in judging bad things before they happen. Then I was wrong and it's better than I expected. Why can't people say that? Like I was wrong. It's better than I expected. Holy shit. That's a beautiful thing to say. It's a complete sentence. And it just tells other people that like, oh, you're open to good things. You know, it's fucking it's I, I just feel like we're trained to speak to ourselves so negatively. Um, and that happens when you are immersed in a world of so many dirty 
toxic friendships and connections and you know especially now with twitter and, and, and social media um obviously i love it i use it i see the benefits in it um i i will say that it doesn't do anything to make you realize the upkeep necessary for those psychic connections they're invisible and they're if they're online chances are they're grounded in negativity because i don't feel like positive people go online a lot i just don't um so there's already kind of like a overwhelming air of of, of gloom um <laughs> but that's how they've always existed so we don't try to clean them out yeah. um but when you have to meet someone in person then you say how's this actual connection and for you again you can cut cut this out we, if we can leave to. this in we can leave this in okay yeah, yeah. um <laughs> you know if, if you had a certain idea about someone online that's a that's great and that is all real you had a very real connection online but there is another aspect to it that when introduced didn't gel and that doesn't mean that you were misreading anything it just means that when you finally got to that moment you realized this doesn't work yeah. okay well then let's go back inside and see what we liked what good came from it you know and take the time with yourself to break it down like i don't know how you know if, if a relationship ends put them write the months on a fucking piece of paper and just say try to remember what you learned about yourself in that month i mean it's so much of it is really just trying to treat ourselves better you know and to try to realize that yes we are in a sense victims of circumstance but your self can keep those circumstances positive you know, if you learn how to talk to it and you learn how to interact with it. So, um, well, yeah. I have, I have a chapter in the new book, Keith, called the pursuit of happiness. And cause I was thinking about, you know, joy and finding mm -hmm. peace. And, and I figured it would be a good title for that chapter because it is, it's an active pursuit. If you want to engage yeah. with that side of ex the human experience, right? You can't just kick back, do nothing and expect to feel, you know, radiant sunshine, happiness no. and light every single second of every day. If you want to get that experience, you have to be actively engaged with it and work at it, don't you? Yes, and here and I I'm not sure if this is the 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 viewpoint I'm going to hold forever, but right now um I'm kind of um my relationship with self-help books has changed you know because i did all that reading i was depressed i was doing cognitive behavioral therapy i was reading about spirituality i was looking everywhere i could and i i i understood every principle i truly did i truly understood the principles what i couldn't fucking square was why they were not applying to me why am i why is all this shit happening to all these great authors who are writing all these beautiful, you know, uh, these, these beautiful chapters and sentences and, and poems and movies and documentaries. And I get it. I understand that. But why isn't it this? Why isn't it here? You know, and I would read these stories about people that were on heroin and people that were homeless. I'm like, I'm not that. I'm just in a really bad place mentally. And I think the people that are closest to me hate me. So show me a book written by that guy. Show me a book written by a guy who feels trapped 
in a in the middle American suburban dream that he was told is where fulfillment is. He found out that was a lie and he wants out. I need to read that guy's book. But that guy's book doesn't fucking exist. So now I'm like, well, maybe I'll write that book. And maybe I will. Yeah. But the, the point of it is, is that these things that we're going through are just so specific to us. Why bother taking these broad strokes of black paint? And if our lives are so specific, how do we know that made that something that made that person miserable is actually going to make us miserable. We don't even know about ourselves yet, you know? So it's like, like I said, if, if it's going to be a coin flip anyway, and going from bad faith to good faith does not hurt anybody, why not just try it for a day? You know, like I'm going to be very, I'll be literal with you. I was watching um, this Muppet cartoon that was on the Disney channel with Angie and Susanna the other night. They go on this Muppet ride. It's a haunted house. They know it's a haunted house and it becomes increasingly more terrifying. And Gonzo is like, yeah, but it's a haunted house. Like the exits right there. And they're like, yeah, but isn't this terrifying? He's like, yeah, this is awful. But it's like, I could just go out. It's right there. So like, what if, and I said this, what if you just lived like that? What if, one morning you woke up and just imagined that even at the worst, everything that was going to happen today, you're on a fucking Walt Disney, uh, you know, yeah, haunted yeah. house ride. Okay. It's very fucking realistic. It induces very real stress. It induces very real trauma. And also it will end very soon. It's, we just don't know when or how, but like you're on a ride. Let's just pretend that you're living on a Walt Disney ride, like whichever one you like most, you know, it's always exciting. And depending on how much of it you believe, how much of your belief you want to suspend before you go into it, that's up to you. And that's going to affect your experience. But let's just pretend maybe that one day, whoever's listening to this and who takes me seriously, just pretend for one day, that even the worst things that happened to you were engineered by Walt Disney, the eternal child. And he just wants to see you have fun. Let's pretend that's, a, that's what's going on. So, you know, these little social experiments that I'm kind of, I'm developing as I'm realizing that there really is no book for a guy like me. And maybe that's because there are no other guys like me, but I doubt that because I'm a dude in his forties who grew up in a you know middle-class industrial city i'm sure there's a lot of people just in the great lakes regions alone that would want to hear my story you know so um yeah as i'm i'm just and also because i'm playing with my child now in ways i never did so those things those thought experiments are happening you know and i can see how it would work on a child if if my daughter lived the day like walt disney was the was god and that everything she experienced was going to be the, uh, equivalent to a walt disney ride then she loosens up and she plays better and she plays more sincerely, you know? So again, this is where it runs into, I'm not saying these things because they will work for you. I'm trying to point out that in my own space with people I love and trust, these social experiments work. That's all there well, is to Life's it. absurd, isn't it? Life is absurd. Yes. And yes. I, I was very much in that frame of mind before things kind of, you know, went south with with this person, and 
I'll get back there before you're over here and before we're on this yeah. Q&A. I will be back in the Magical Mystery Tour mind oh, frame. I have um, no doubt about it. I have no <laughs> doubt about it. It actually pains me to hear that you've been in it for this long because I feel like, I, you know, you, you should you, not that you should do anything, but if, if you had reached out to me earlier, you know, I, I'm happy to help with these things. You know, that's the kind of one thing I'm realizing is that the more I, I understand my own worth and value as a friend to other people, the more I help them as well. But I'm also kind of isolated and I'm off the road and a lot of people know that I'm going through shit. So there's like leaving me alone, but it's like, fuck, no, I need these connections. This is how I'm going to heal. I'm going to make, I need to make these connections. I don't just need to sit here and figure out what sort of like online apology I'm going to write up and then put it out and then never change a thing I do. I'm making sure I'm fucking fundamentally changing to be the person that I want to be, you know? Um, yeah, man. But yes, I would, I, it, it's these connections. So please, anytime, reach out to me because the, the, the stuff that you've been going through is so similar to what I went through. And I, I, I can just kind of, you are in a, I think what you need to hear is that, not that you're not in a sinking boat, but that you are in a sinking boat. And I, I have like a, a little duct tape that you can put on that spot if you want it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be the solution. I just have some duct tape. That's it. Reach out if you need some, you know? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When I'm writing, I get into really bad, because uh, it's kind of coincided, like this personal stuff has coincided with finishing off the second book, and it did happen with my first book as well. Yeah. When I'm writing, my diet goes out the window, my exercise regime, my yep. kind of exposure to fresh air. I you don't have to do this, but yeah. I very much become the kind of writer that's just there. The curtains are drawn, you're kind of frantically typing away all day, and all positive kind of lifestyle choices yep. seem to go out the window because I feel like they have to to be a good author. Yeah. Do yeah. you go into that? Oh, so you you believe that? is true yeah. and it helps the, the craft but it doesn't do necessarily the best for the brain no it doesn't but that's okay like because these are 
these you, moments Keith, do you have that when you're writing records as well or yes. yeah i i mean there's i've gone days without eating i mean just and it's not because i'm punishing myself or i'm possessed but it just doesn't become a priority to me you know i'd rather write than stop and make a sandwich <laughs> um so here's the thing for people like us yes it does have to be one or the other because there's no way that you and i are going to be able to balance like oh, i wrote for a little bit now i'll go take a run that is ideal but that's not truthful you know um so i think what it comes down to is just understanding that that's how you do it and that the way that you do it is the best way you could be doing it you know there's no you're not holding yourself to some standards that don't exist of saying like oh i know i'm i'm, I'm on hour 10 but i really should have had so many hours of interaction with the guy down the street or whatever no there's no no what you're doing if you are in a creative process and it's working for you there is literally nothing you should change about it but you have to find that creative process that works for you and then just stop feeling guilty i swear to god just stop because people who love you will understand why you're doing it and people that don't understand why you're doing it maybe they're not someone that should be so close to you in your life then you know trust the process trust the process yes all of it and if it hasn't worked out well in the end it's because it's not the end yet i guess is what i'm saying too you haven't gotten to the end of the ride yet don't worry it's it's just a scary part right now but it will be a funny part you know how um <laughs> how elevated or heavy or up or down or all of it is the new album because i know the last one was extremely you know close to the bone and the heart and it was raw and it was you know it must have been a pretty trying traumatic experience going to those places where where were you at with the new every time i die album and and, and how does it um i guess come across in the record if we can talk in like broad strokes and then maybe specifics too but whichever you'd rather do yeah it's i mean it is it's the, the same concept as as i have about everything else it was really just i'm going to strip it back as much as possible um, I'm going to say uh, things as honestly as I can about what I feel. I'm not going to try to hide it in metaphors or like have any pre-established like plausible deniability shit. You know what I mean? I'm not going to introduce, um, I'm not going to make it vague so that I don't have to answer for it. You know, I'm going to say it and I'm going to answer for it truthfully in interviews and I'm going to talk about it openly. Um, so yeah, it was just, I wanted to just be as truthful as possible. And in being truthful, I realized that there was humor in there that I, you know, was missing from low teens. It's humor is such an essential part of this for me. So I got to make sure that I don't let myself get too serious. And it's a double album. It's a double album, but not really. It's just one single long album, you know? so listen you're going to be on tour for forever it seems like pretty much the next six months like within a couple of weeks you'll be packing your bags um you must be i guess going into it with such preparation being sober because i've been speaking to jesse a lot about him being out with slipknot at the moment and he's like the difference um you know just in like presence of enjoying the shows but then also yeah. just like not feeling that road fatigue to anything like the same level um you're going to be basically doing the rest of this year right out yeah. doing your headline tour then mm. you've got the christmas shows and then you do yeah. the bronx uk tour our q a straight mm -hmm. back to the us with under yeah. and it yeah. is literally just six months of being on the road isn't it it is <laughs> yeah it is uh you know, that's something I'm excited about because it, 
the way that we've decided to tour moving forward has changed. Uh, you know, so I don't have anything to compare it to anymore. It's a new experience. I'll be driving myself, you know, with, uh, with Angie and our dog and, and an RV and a truck when, when possible, not when we come over there, obviously, but yeah, I'm just kind of thinking about how I like to tour and what makes it safe and, and you know, comfortable for me. And I'm not killing myself every night. So this works. I'm excited to see how well it works when we actually get out there and get to do it long term. And yeah, we're going to get us a driver because, dude, I had to wait seven yeah. hours today yeah. <laughs> to get a train from Birmingham to London. And whilst yeah. I, I almost had to text you to cancel this chat because I was like, I'm not going to be fucking home for 8 p.m. Um, and that made me think, like, even if the idea of getting a train might have been appealing for a mm -hmm. second or two. No, I, I, I see that's and that's something that I would have talked to you about, too. It's like, hey. I've realized that yes, I can drive in a different country overnight if I had to, but I don't want to. I really want to be able to give everything to the shows, you know. Well, I so. had an idea about basically trying to <laughs> rope in a friend of mine who can drive, who can take photos of the shows, right. and, and help sell merch. A nice multi that can Amazing. just be an Amazing. asset on the road and somebody that I want to hang out with, you know, for a few days as well, so we can have just you know a fucking cool little road trip. Perfect, love it, love it. I'm really looking forward to these shows, man. I've never done that many in a row of spoken words. And I just know that like from previous spoken word tours that I have done, where they've been, say, three dates, day off, couple of dates, you get into such beautiful rhythms. And I know with me and you, like, it'll be like today. I'll have in my head, say, like three bullet points of just shit that yeah. I wanted to talk to you yeah. about. And yeah. then wherever it goes, it goes. I want to thank you for, um, for doing it. And Always. For, Oh, for giving me oh. the opportunity to you know prove my worth as a host and no problem at thank all you, man thank you for everything dude your friendship means everything and um i'm so really good. excited to read this forward in about six months when the book comes out No, I, 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 you, you will, yeah you'll read i promise tyson will have it by the date that he gave me and you Amazing. will love it i, I promise it's, but no it's, you're going to love it in such in such a unique way that that's that's the experience I, i've never done a forward for a book so i want to make this as you know memorable as you do so i think this is the best way to do it i just don't want you to suffer any uh, unnecessary stress over it but yes you will have and you'll love it promise dope well listen we've already sold about a third of the tickets to most of the shows so i you know what here's another thing i was thinking about since like you know we've never done this before uh, um there's never been a on the uh like a, a thing an evening with us on tour ever like why not imagine that the tickets are going to sell out so quickly that we'll have to you know move to a bigger place like i'm still thinking that that's possible i don't know i why not nobody's done it before nobody can tell us that's not what's going to happen and if it doesn't happen so what as it is is already fucking incredible you know it's just like this just I'm just trying to look forward to something even bigger, you know, and know that if that does happen, wonderful. And if it doesn't, also wonderful. You know, it's just kind of just being positive by overreaching, you know, the goals. So if only everybody was as pleasant and positive as that, Keith, eh? It would be a better world for us all. And certainly it would be. Isn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> well, one day maybe. What you got going on for the rest of the day? Um, well, it's 4.30, so I got to get ready to stream tonight. I'm going to eat some dinner. Um, I just read. Yeah. How, how are you finding all the live stream Patreon stuff? Like, because that's a totally new world as well. I love it. it I love it. It's, 
it's different now for me. I used to hate it. I really did used to hate it because I knew that I was supposed to like, you know, be entertaining for like an hour or however long I would stream. But I was just so uncomfortable talking and like having fun. Like I totally lost my fun completely for so long. And now that I have it back, these streams are exciting and, and interesting. I, I very much look forward to them now. I used to hate them. Amazing. So, yeah, right, dude. Well, I'll let you get off and um, right, I'll put this up tomorrow. So it'll be up there and, oh. and ready. And um, yeah, thank you, dude. And we'll talk. We'll talk real soon. Absolutely. Official Keith Buckley on Twitch, by the way, if anybody wants to tune in. Official Keith Buckley. Backslash. Wait, it's twitch.tv backslash official Keith Buckley. Yeah. There you go. You, you, I'll get the links off you and I'll put it in okay, the cool. description. Awesome. Thank you, buddy. Easy peasy. Keith, have a, have a great one, dude. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.